Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. Amen. My God is so good. I'm just glad to see this morning that great minds think alike. And if you're wondering what I'm talking about, you just have to see Dion. Because Dion has a red shirt on and red shoes on. Great minds, Dion. So I'm trying to figure this out. I mean, this is a really packed first service as, as the weeks have gone by. And I'm just wondering, is it because you're afraid you won't get home at 1 o'clock to see the Raven Steeler game? <laughs> that is the best-looking kid in the house today. It's always a good day when a Cowboys fan dresses their son in a Steelers jersey. Of course, given this year, I wouldn't put my kid in a Cowboys jersey either. <laughs> Turn with me, Psalms 20. Psalm 20. Hey, uh, I, I forgot a couple weeks ago, Troy keeps reminding me, and uh, he, he keeps reminding me that I forget to tell the first service the results of the Belize offering. The results of the Belize offering that we were sending to Belize was about $11,000. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. There's going to be so blessed. And uh, so, Troy, I finally remembered, Okay. I got a word for you this morning, you know, and uh, somebody sent me a text a little bit ago. I'm not going to rat the person out. Of course, if they send me more texts, I might, okay? But uh, that said, what do you mean we're not praying for a winner? I'm praying for a winner. <laughs> so am I. I know who I'm voting for, and I know who I want to win. But let me say this. If my guy wouldn't win and God's purpose has come to pass, I'm okay with that. I am more concerned about God's kingdom than I am an election. I have more passion for his kingdom than I do our nation. I love our nation. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just telling you that if you said to me, hey, pastor, your guy's going to lose, but God's kingdom's going to be advanced. Praise God. We are kingdom first, national second. Now, how many know those two things can go together? I must be, thinking, I must be, speaking, to a, I must be speaking to a national crowd. Psalm 20, title of the message is simple, just a real simple message, in the day of trouble. Anybody ever had a day of trouble? Is it today? <laughs> Anybody ever had a day of trouble? I hear you, Linda. <laughs> she, Linda, okay, my, that's, that's Penny's aunt, Linda, my aunt, Linda. She texted me yesterday. Now, she texted me yesterday. It's like, I'm, I'm thinking it's around 4 or 5 o'clock. I can't remember. Something around there. She says, turn on the television. Turn on, what's his name? Uh, huh? Yeah, turn on Mark Levin, Mark Levin. Turn on Mark Levin, Fox News. I texted her back and said, there's football on. Are you crazy? <laughs> like, you want me to turn him on and I'm watching football? That's not happening. <laughs> Psalm 20, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a little bit. I'm going to take you through it. Um, we're going to stop verse by verse for a while this morning. And, and I, I just really got to tell you, man, I believe God has a word. I was up early, early, early going over things and praying. And, and I know it's hard to believe. I do that once in a while. But um, this, is, this is a word. All right, in the day of trouble. So the psalmist begins. This is a psalm of David. This is to the chief musician. Be like me going to Troy. Say, hey, Troy, let's sing a song. I'm going to give you the words. I mean, no, he would not like that, right? 
and, and some of it is seemingly sung by the people of Israel, and there's a part where it seems David is sung, but in totality, it's the people of God, and is singing a psalm, and it begins like this, verse one. It says, may the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. This is what I know. I'm a pastor. What I know is I got people in the house. What I know is people in the house, you've had trouble at times in your life. There have been things that have come against you. There have been things that have happened. You have had stuff go on, and you have had days of trouble. And it's interesting. Here's what he says. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. I'm going to stop there, and I want to look at that word, the Lord. The Lord there actually means Yahweh, all right? The word is Yahweh. The Yahweh in the scripture, uh, Yahweh means this, the one who, he who makes that which has been made. How many of you know that we live in a world that was created by God? He created it out of nothing. He spoke it into existence. He spoke and said, let the earth have this and let the earth do this and let there be light and let there be water. Let there be creatures. Let there be man. That God was the existent one who created the existence that we know, and he did it out of nothing. And the Hebrew word is bere, to create something out of nothing. God is he who makes that which has been made, or it means he brings into existence whatever exists. Now listen to me. He brings into existence whatever exists, but how many know that the day of trouble in your life isn't something he brought into your life? Thank you for that rousing affirmation. That rousing affirmation that you have a good God who doesn't give you a day of trouble. Okay? Thank you for that rousing. I might just, it was awesome. I mean, it's, it just empowered me. It encouraged me. It has infused me with energy. <laughs> I mean, you set the clocks back. You should be awake this morning. You see, because what we have is we have this mentality, you've heard me all the time, that everything, though, that happens in the world is God's idea. No, it's not. But everything that is created in the world, God has created, right? And he is the self-existent one. Now, the problem is that the fact is there are days of trouble. Amen? And, and in the, but I want to tell you something. That days of trouble exist, but the self-existent one helps you in the day of trouble. Who do you call upon in your day of trouble? Right? The Lord, don't you? Well, first, well, we start, but we start other places. We start with, well, out, let me call my sister. Let me call my brother. Let me call my husband. Let me call my wife. Let me call my pastor. Okay, that won't help. All right, let me call Pastor Troy. That might be better than Pastor Jim. Okay, that ain't working either. We're going to get a hold of Pastor John because he's truly the nice one of the bunch. Joni Miles finally woke up and said amen. All right? You see, the fact of the matter is, in the day of trouble, we spend a lot of time in our life, if we're honest, spending a lot of time calling on everything else but the Lord. We call everywhere else but Yahweh. And yet the Bible says clearly that the Lord, the self-existent one, the one who has existed from the beginning, the one who is everlasting, the one who is eternal, will answer me in the day of trouble. And there's a confidence that comes into my heart. The existing one, the eternal one, the one without beginning, the one without end, Right? The ancient of days will answer me in the day of trouble, all right? That the day of distress exists, but the self-existing one brings me victory. You ever had a day of distress? You ever had a day of trouble? I have. I've had lots of them. 
But God has answered me in every one of those days. God has answered me in every one of those days. You see, the Bible is very clear on its promise. When you call, I will. Yeah, right? How many know he doesn't want us to call just in the day of trouble? How many know he wants us to call in the good days too? But in the day of trouble, we have a confidence, we have a hope, we have a certainty. And we have a certainty that it is the self-existing one who existed before time, existed before the earth, existed before my day of trouble that will answer me and bring me victory. You see, the one who was and is and is to come will help you no matter what comes. What are you facing today? What's your day of trouble? What's your day of trouble? You got a day of trouble? Some of you have faced the COVID thing and some of you have faced job situations and some of you have faced relationship issues and some of you have faced depression and anxiety in this era. It's a fact. Some of you have experienced job losses in the day of trouble. The self-existing one will come to your aid. And then he goes on. He says, but may the name of the God of Jacob defend you. Look at the scripture. And so it's almost like David is going to battle and the people are saying that in the day of trouble, Yahweh, the self-existing one, will answer you. And then they said, and may the name of the God of Jacob defend you. I thought about that. The God of Israel, I know, but the God of Jacob? Let me think about that for just a moment. The God of Jacob. Who is Jacob? Lying, cheating, swindler. Come out of, his, come out of the womb, grasping his brother's heel. He, he's the one that, in treachery with his mother, tricked his father in his old age so that he could steal the birthright from his brother. How many of that's a scoundrel? Do anybody here know any scoundrels? You see, and I'm like, wait a minute, the God of Jacob, the whole family had this DNA in it. I mean, mama was a swindler, mama was a con artist, Jacob picked up on it, Uncle Laban was one. I mean, they got, they, they, they got it going on, right? If they said it was daylight out, you better go check. Well, it's probably dark. I begin to think about this. What is it? The God of Jacob. Hmm. You see, the God of Jacob met Jacob when he was on the run from his brother because his brother wanted to kill him because he stole his birthright. Hmm. The God of Jacob left daddy's house with nothing. The God of Jacob, I mean, I'm sorry, Jacob had to go to his relative's house where he was cheated there and got the wife he didn't want. <laughs> in order to get the wife he did want. Remember that story, right? I mean, you look at this guy, and it's not a pedagogy. I don't know if I want to serve the God of Jacob. Hmm. But then it hit me. See, this, the, the Jacob deserved nothing. He deserved wrath. And yet, if anything about the God of Jacob, if he's anything, the God of Jacob is the God of grace. The God of Jacob is the God of grace. I want you to think about this for a moment. You see, may the name of the God of Jacob defend you. How many know grace is a defense for our life? Hmm? You see, you got to understand something this morning. The God of grace is the one who chose him and called him. How many know it was God's grace that said the, the older will serve the younger? How many know it was God's grace that he was going to choose 
Jacob over Esau. It was the God of grace who protected him. He's on the run from his brother. His brother is going to kill him. And yet in his wanderings and in his running and in his exile, it is the God of grace who protected him. I want to ask you a question this morning. Can anybody here say this morning that the God of grace protected you even when you weren't serving him? That grace was in my life before I served the Lord. The grace of God kept you and protected you even when you didn't serve him. But the God of grace changed him transformed him. You see, it was the God of grace that in Genesis chapter 32, he's got a wrestling match at Penal, and he's wrestling with God, and he's in this wrestling match, and, he, and he's hanging on, and he won't let go of the angel of the Lord. He won't let go. I will not let go until you bless me. And God struck him in the hip, and then he called the place Penal, for I have seen God face to face. And yet I've lived. And God said, what? I got news for you, pal. You're no longer Jacob. You're Israel. You're no longer the lying, cheating, swindling Jacob. You're the prince of God. You're the prince of Israel. I am changing you, and I am transforming you. And from that point forward, how many of you know, Israel was born in that man, and Israel, the nation, was born out of that man. It's the God of grace that changed him and transformed him. How many know this morning that you have been changed by the God of grace? that he protected you even before you walked with him and you served him, that he was the one who took care of you and defended you in those moments. And yet there came that moment where he got a hold of your life and you got a hold of him and he transformed you from the inside out. How many know this morning you should be different because of the God of grace? You see, Peter tells me this. Peter says... The God of grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After you have suffered a while, he will perfect you, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Is this not what happened in Jacob's life? Think about this. The God of grace perfects you and establishes and strengthens you and settles you. Is this not what happened in Jacob's life? That there was a time in his life where God had to go work in his life and God had to perfect him because how many know he was a liar and he was a cheat and he was a swindler and he was a con and he was greedy. And yet God perfected him and God established him, strengthened him. And then Settled him. It's amazing when you follow that man's history. But this is what our God does in us, is it not? It's interesting. It says, may the name of the God of Jacob, by the name of the God of Jacob, protect you. Anybody ever invoke somebody's name to protect themselves? Okay. I have. How many of you might have ever been getting in trouble from mom and you invoked the name of dad? But dad said I could, even if he didn't. Oh, no, wait, wait, right? How many of you ever, okay, listen, listen how many of you have ever been pulled over perhaps 
by the police. <laughs> wow, they've got, they got some involvement. Has anybody in here ever maybe possibly tried to drop a name that might get you out of that moment? <laughs> yes, you know what I'm talking about, right? How many know that if you get pulled over tomorrow for speeding and you invoke Pastor Jim's name, how many know you're not getting off? <laughs> they will probably double your points. But there are some names that you could pull and that you can invoke that could actually get you out of something. I remember telling my son many, 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 many years ago, probably ninth or 10th grade, he got in trouble for some stuff we did at school. We had to go to the juvenile court to, do, to talk to them. And I remember telling the attorney, I said, listen to me, your job is not to get him off. He's guilty. Don't you get him off. You just make sure it's fair. You make sure it's just. And then when we were leaving, I looked at him and I said, listen to me, you need to know something. I could have made one phone call and this would have disappeared. I could have made one phone call and it would have disappeared. And I will never do that for you. How I many know you can invoke a name that defends you? You can invoke a name that can get you out of something. You, you see, I, but, but here's what it says. It says, may the name of the God of Jacob. Because how many know it is the name above all names that every knee will bow one day? Right? It is the name of Jesus that is above all names. And how many know it's in his name we ask? It's in his name we pray. How many know we are invoking the name of the God of Jacob, right? And how many know there's times, how many of you have ever heard the voice of the enemy? How many ever hear him talk to you? How many, how many ever have him say to you, hey, Jim, well, maybe not your Jim, my Jim, this or that? You know what you do? When the enemy speaks your name, you speak the name of the God of grace. When the enemy speaks your name, and he brings the accusation. As how many know he is the accuser of the brethren 24-7? How many know he is the author of the day of trouble? How many know he is the initiator of trouble and distress in your life? God is not the initiator of God and distress in your life. And let me also put this caveat out there. Understand something. Every day of trouble also isn't the devil's fault. Some of it's our fault. Can we get, can we get an amen? A little one? A tiny one? Can I have some accountability in the house? He kind of says, yeah, man, it was me, right? When the enemy speaks my name, I speak the name of the God of grace. In the day of trouble, in the day of trouble, Yahweh, the existent one, answers me. In the day of trouble, the God of Jacob, the God of Jacob protects me. Then it goes on, and they sing, may he Send you help from the sanctuary. Hmm. He sends you help from the sanctuary. The sanctuary at that point on the earth was the tabernacle, the tent that they would set up for the place of worship, where the sacrifices would take place and offerings would take place. And the blood of the bull, the blood of the lamb would be taken into the holy place and put upon the mercy seat, the Ark of the Covenant. And God would come down and God would meet and he would manifest his glory and manifest his presence and the sins of the people would be atoned for for another year. It was the place, the tabernacle was God's dwelling place among men. God's tabernacle was actually the place where the ark was enthroned, where the presence of God was, where God came down. You see, it was the center of Israel's worship. 
It was the place of sacrifice and offering. It was the dwelling place of God among his people. It would house the Ark of the Covenant. It was the seat of power on earth for God, if you will. In, in that tabernacle, as I said, in the holy place, was the Ark of the Covenant, the atonement cover, the place where God would meet the priest. But there would be moments of time at the command of God where the Ark would be taken out of that holy place and that ark would go ahead of the armies of Israel, where that ark would go ahead of the armies of God's people, where that ark would lead them. It, it, you see it. You see it. The ark was the power and presence of God who would lead them across the Jordan River. Joshua, this is how you're going to cross the Jordan. Your priests are going to take the ark, which is the manifest presence and power of God, and they're going to carry that ark, and they're going to step into the Jordan, and when they do, it is going to bow before the God of Israel. Oh, and then when you get there, then you're going to take that same ark, and you're going to have the priest carry it for seven days around the city of Jericho, and you're not going to say a word because you're going to circle it day after day, and the power and presence of God is going to circle it day after day, right? Until that day, I tell you to shout. You see, it would lead them into victory, into the promise. It would lead them into victory many times. You see, it's in the day of trouble. And in the presence of trouble, the God of power and presence will help you. Do you understand this morning that his power and presence is still with you? How many know this morning you don't need an ark made out of wood covered with gold? Because how many know this morning, you are the ark that carries the glory of God inside of you. You see, Moses, the Bible tells us in Numbers, that whenever, I can't see for the light, <laughs> the ark set out, that Moses said, rise up, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. And let those who hate you flee before you. You, you see, the tabernacle was the dwelling place of God among his men, among his people. And the ark was the manifest presence of God was housed in the tabernacle. But listen to me this morning. You are the temple of God that houses the manifest presence of God through his spirit of power and presence. Listen to me this morning. The power of God is inside of you because of the Holy Spirit of God. We are constantly, listen to me, and there are times where God's power comes down, but I will say to you that the spirit of power dwells within you that he has given you from his sanctuary inside of your temple the power and presence of the Holy Spirit of God to empower you and to give you victory in the day of trouble. Isn't it funny? The Bible says that the kingdom of God is inside of you. In the day of trouble, God of power and presence dwells within you. And then the scripture goes on. And may he strengthen you out of Zion. To strengthen you out of Zion. You see, these are interesting things. You've got to understand something. If we want to get the fullness out of this psalm, we have to understand what they meant when they're singing this. May, may the Lord, Yahweh, the covenant name of God, the covenant God of Israel, may he answer you in the day of trouble. The God of Jacob, our patriarch, 
the God of grace will protect you. And may he send you help from the sanctuary is where the power and presence of God comes from. And then said, and strengthen you out of Zion. <laughs> Zion. What was Zion? Zion was formerly a Canaanite city that David conquered. And it became Jerusalem. And Jerusalem, Jerusalem was the place, was the seat of power in Israel's kingdom. Jerusalem was the seat of power in Israel's kingdom. The New Testament talks about God's spiritual kingdom, spiritual Mount Zion. He said, we've not come to Mount Sinai, says the apostle, but to Mount Zion in the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Isaiah 28 refers to Christ as the cornerstone that comes from Zion. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. You see, Zion, when you look at it scripturally, was the seat of authority. It was the place of power in the kingdom of Israel on the earth. And yet, I may know this morning that there is a heavenly Mount Zion that is still the seat of authority over the world. What does that mean? It means that in the day of trouble, he will empower you from his seat of power. Come on, church. Somebody's going to win an election this week. But that seat of power is not up for election. It's not settled by democratic rule. You see, he empowers me from his seat of power. But as a matter of fact, the Bible says I am seated with him in heavenly places. In the day of trouble, he will bless you from the seat of blessing. The Bible talks about how he will give blessing from Mount Zion. <laughs> how many want blessed this morning? How many know blessing comes from Zion? In the day of trouble, when authorities and principalities come against you, God will defend you from his seat of authority. Whose name are you going to invoke? Hmm? Who's your protector today? Where does your help come from? He will empower you. He will defend you. And it flows from his throne of glory, his throne of power. The seed of trouble may come upon you but he will strengthen you from his seat of power. Come on, anybody in this house ever faced trouble and you thought you couldn't make it and you thought you wouldn't make it and you didn't know if you'd get through it, but all of a sudden you know somehow that there was a God in heaven who reached down and he empowered you and he strengthened you and he lifted you up and you made it through it. And you didn't do it on your own strength and you didn't do it by your own willpower, but there was a God in heaven that sent you help from the sanctuary. You see, when you look at this, this is the psalmist. The psalmist is leading off and saying, may Yahweh answer you in the day of trouble. May the God of Jacob defend you in the day of trouble. May he help you from the center of his worship, from his sanctuary, his power and his presence. May he, may he grant you support from Zion. I'm going to skip ahead on it. 
See, see, and then it goes on. But I want to skip ahead to verse 6. See, and then there's this response. This I know. Now, this I know. I could ask you a question this morning. What do you know? What do you know? I didn't ask you what did you hear. I want to know what you know about your God. I want to know what your experiential knowledge is of your God. I want you to go back in history. I want you to remember who your Ebenezer is. I want you to remember those Ebenezer moments. I want to know what you know. I don't want to know what you, I don't want to know what you know about George's God, although it's good to give testimony. I don't want to know what you know about Eleanor's God or Pastor Jesus. I want to know what you know about your God. The psalmist says, now this I know. This thing I know. That the Lord gives victory to his anointed. And he answers him from the heavenly sanctuary with the victorious power of his right hand. You see, because of him being the God of Yahweh, the God of Jacob, and he sends help from his sanctuary, and he supports me from Zion. This I know, I will overcome the day of trouble. I will overcome the day of trouble. I don't like the day of trouble. I wished it wouldn't have come. I prayed that it wouldn't come. It came, and I'm going to overcome it, not because of me, but because of my God. You are an overcomer. You will overcome. Some of us got to get some spiritual backbone based upon who God is. This I know, my God will answer me in the day of trouble. That when I call, he will answer. That when I am down, he will lift me up. When I am sad, he will give me joy. When I mourn, he will comfort me. He'll give me a garment of praise. Come on, church. He says he answers him from his heavenly sanctuary with victorious power of his right hand. This I know. His hand empowers my hand. There's nothing, if I've, <laughs> if I've accomplished anything in my natural life, it is not because of my natural man. It is because of the God who empowers me. I know who and what I am. I know my limitations. <laughs> I can give you the long list. I can give you all this long list over here. But I got one thing over here that offsets all that, and that's his powerful right hand. You see, what we like to do is we like to be like Moses, but, 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 but God, I stutter. I didn't ask you if you could speak. I didn't ask you what's your ability. I didn't ask you for a resume, Moses. I didn't ask you for that. This ain't a job interview. This is a mandate. This is a mandate. How many of you be guilty this morning of trying to give God your resume of why you can't? We don't, give him a, we don't give him a resume to get the job. We give him a resume to get us out of it. <laughs> I mean, how bad I can write this resume. <laughs> right? Think about that. Put a resume together next time you don't want a job. Put it, that, put it together that way. That would be hilarious. That'd be a great read. Put all your failures on there. Like, like put all, like, like, just put every negative thing that has ever happened on that resume. 
We try that all the time with God. Moses tried it. Gideon tried it. Oh, we got a kid with me? I'm the least of the least. I'm a nobody. God didn't ask you for your resume. He didn't ask you for your qualifications. This I know. His hand won power my hand. And, and, the, and the psalmist says, this is what I know. Therefore, come on, because I know this, therefore. You see, it starts with, may Yahweh answer you. May the God of Jacob protect you. May he give you help from the sanctuary and support you from Zion. And because I know that, this I know. And because I know that, I, mean, I know this. Therefore, the psalmist says, and some trust in chariots. And some trust in horses. But we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. See? There's a whole lot of people, and I'm not preaching about this stupid election today. I'm preaching about my God. We've had enough preaching about the election. We've had enough words about the election. It's going to happen Tuesday, and that's the way it is. But I want to tell you this. There's going to be a whole lot of people that think their trust is in who wins this election. My trust is in my name of my God. See, because he is Yahweh, the existent one, because he is the God of grace, because he helps me, and his power and presence is within me now, and he helps me from the seat of authority, I'm going to leave the horse home. You know what I mean? I'm going to leave the horse in the barn. I don't need it. I don't need the power of this world. You see, I'm not going to trust in chariots or horses. I will not trust in the power of this world. My hope, my confidence, and my trust is not in the things of this world. It is not in the powers of the, it is not in the politics of this world. It is not in the kingdoms of the world. It's in the Lord my God. He said, I will trust in the name of my God. <laughs> the name above all names. The name above all names. The name above all names. The name above Donald Trump. The name above Joe Biden. The name above Republican. The name above Democrat. The name above Independent. The name above America. The name above Germany. The name above any nation you want to list. I will trust in the name of my God. Psalmist says, but they are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand firm. He goes back to, so he'll get back, and he makes a declaration of where his trust is going to be. And then it comes back to this I know again. And this I know, that which stands against me shall bow before my God. And if it bows before my God, guess what? It's bowing before me. The day of trouble. The day of trouble. The day of despair, the day of distress. He says, this is what I know, that in that day, that which stands against me will bow before my God. And I will rise up and stand firm. I, this is what I know. This is what I know. He can release hell in your life, and you can stand firm. 
He can come at you from every angle of life. And you can stand firm. That you, like Job, says, I know my Redeemer lives. You can lose your son or your daughter, and you can stand firm in the day of trouble. You can lose a spouse and stand firm in the day of your trouble. You can go through health and heartache, and you can stand firm in the day of trouble. How many know we are not standing upon a foundation that is sinking? How many know we're not being blown right and left? Then I will rise up. You see, because how many of the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and just step on you, and to crush you, and to get you down, and to tread upon you? But no, no. I got this God who's going to answer me in the day of trouble. I got the existent one who always was and always is, who's going to come to my defense and answer me. I got this one who's the God of grace. And I got this one whose power and presence dwells within me because of his spirit. And I got this one that's going to help me from his seat of authority. And this I know. Victory for the king. Look at the the last verse. Lord, give victory to the king. Answer us when we call. This is what I know. Victory for the king comes from the king. Victory for the king comes from the king. Come on, Troy. I thought for sure there'd be a big shout. Big shout of joy. Yes! We're like the people of Egypt, or Israel leaving Egypt. Yes! God has delivered us finally. It's 20 more minutes now, folks. Did I ask for any comment from the peanut gallery? Did I, ask, did I ask for commentary coming through there? I'll splash you with water. You're probably saying, why is the baptism tank out today? We didn't say anything about baptism. We were in staff meeting, and Pastor Chris said to me, my sister watches all the time. She's here when she's here, but she's not. She watches all the time, and she wants to know if she can be baptized by you. She was coming into town today. I said, you, get, you bet. We'll fill that tank up. Let's, let's, let's do it. They had a medical emergency last night. She's not going to make it today. <laughs> it's okay. We'll do it another time. We'll do it another time. Church, listen to me. Listen to me. If not, not listen to me. Listen to the Word of God. The Word of God. You all have faced day of trouble. You all have at one time or another. If you haven't, you will. And I'm going to suggest to you that even this week, there are going to be some people that are facing what they consider to be a day of trouble. But I want to tell you something this morning. The, the psalmist said, I will rise up and stand firm. Trouble may exist today, but he's always existing. Trouble will come and go, but God won't. Days of distress happen. Days of despair happen. Oh, my God. Oh, the God that I serve when I call him in the day of trouble.
Oh, that God, that Yahweh, that one who's ever been ever existing. Oh, that God of Jacob, the one who protected me before I knew him. That one who empowered me and changed me and transformed me from a sinner to a saint. That one. That God of grace. That one that has put his presence and power inside of this temple of flesh. Who walks with me. If he dwells within you, he is there in the day of trouble. He's there. Already. That one who still and forever reigns upon a throne in Zion. That one day will come back and establish a throne on an earthly Zion. Come on. There's going to be a day when he, that sky's going to part. There's going to be a day where that kingdom is going to be established. There's going to be a day where there's going to be a real physical Zion where he's going to rule and reign from. And until then, until then, as I face days, because I mean, know when he establishes kingdom, there ain't no days of trouble in that kingdom. But until then, there's going to be days of trouble. But this I know. But this I know. But this I know. Can you say this morning? But this I know. What do you know this morning? What do you know? Can you say, I know? Oh, no, we can say Patty knows, or Randy knows, or George knows. We can say Judy knows, or Dick knows. But I want to know, what do you know? Can you say, this I know? My God. My God. This I know. My God gives a victory to the anointed. This I know. He answers me from the sanctuary. This I know. He empowers my right hand. What do you know? What do you know? I know what I know. I know what I know. Come on, stand with me. I've got a song we're going to sing. Notice I said we. You see, I say to you, what do you know? And I say, this I know. But this I know because of who I know. This I know because of who I know. I know who he is. I know his character. I know his nature. I know he's a good God. I know he's a loving God. I know he's a compassionate God. I know he will answer. I know who my God is. 